15 minutes away from kickoff. Bucks Bills Thursday night football. 30 minutes away from two college football games, two NBA games. We are loaded. We have a full sports schedule again. We no longer have to worry. Even if the Thursday night football game is bad, there will be other things to watch too, guys, and bet on. Thank God. Finally, yeah, we got I love a little, it. little game time. A little shame time, you know what I mean? A little shame. You switch teams, you go to a contender, you leave my squad. Now we're going to be the worst in basketball history. But I'm not bitter uh, at all. I thought about this, actually. I think you have to take a little bit of responsibility for Dame becoming a Milwaukee Buck when you think about it. Because me remember, personally or me as like a... No, you personally. I just personally. This actually just clicked in my head. The Bucks. remember the Suns and Four thing. Yep. Oh my God! You did this to yourself. They asked. Uh, there was a lot of Bucks fans, and they were like, "Where's that Suns and Four girl at?" And I was like, "Like, I'm here." They won the championship, and now they stole the way. Dame, you did this. Yeah. Wow, you really have a lot of power. It's it's crazy. It's um, it's one of those things where you can't really know unless you see it up close. And you guys are around me all the time, so now I, you know. I think you're right, though. Um, I'm gonna let you obviously give out your own plays. Maybe we fade Dame as far as the points tonight. I don't know if I like that look on his face. He looks a little rattled. Like maybe he had a rough day. Maybe he got caught in some traffic or something like that. We've all been there. It's gonna. It's one thing for preseason. It's another when you know, like this is your debut with this team for somebody that spent so long in Portland like that. It's we'll kind of know early, right? Is he going to be a little jittery? Is he going to be tentative? Is he going to be excited? Is he going to kind of be locked in? We'll get an idea through the first few minutes of this game what Dame is just you know kind of feeling out there with something that he's never experienced before. I have done my best to cook up what we would call a big boy parlay, and I love it. I think the one piece of this puzzle, as I'm trying to find value in these SGPs, right? Role players that are maybe in a new situation or maybe on a team where Vegas just hasn't felt it out yet. But for me, in this particular game, that player is Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, by the way, ain't no stopping Kelly Oubre. I don't care care what team he's on. I don't care if he's playing. And the best part is we know what Nick Nurse has to do. Nick Nurse is a six, seven-man rotation kind of a guy, right? Kelly Oubre is getting, if Kelly Oubre is in the rotation, which he is, Kelly Oubre is getting significant minutes. And I don't care that Tyrese Maxey's there. No James Harden, no problem for Kelly Oubre. I don't know what his point prop was set at, but I've got him having 18 or more, which I wanted to do 20, which was earlier this uh, this morning, but now they've taken that off the boards, cowards, and 18 is the most you can have Kelly Oubre for. Kelly Oubre averaged 20 points per game last year. He averaged that. So the fact that that's the thing that changes the lines and changes the odds to a significant manner, and then you just have some normal stuff along with it. So Giannis, 30-plus. I know that's a big number. I think he's going to get it with Dame Lillard getting him the rock wide open against Yes, Joel Embiid, but who knows? I think Giannis is going to come in and show out. Dame Lillard, all uh, eight assists. I think he's going to get the ball to Giannis. I think, like I said, he's going to be wide open. Yeah. I think he could have six dimes by halftime. Kelly Oubre, like I said, 18-plus points. And Dame Lillard, under 27 points. It's a little bit of a shock to take under Dame, but then here's the hedge. Here's the hedge, ladies and gentlemen. Haven't put it up yet. Haven't ended up uh, getting it out of the bet, slipping into a submit, because you guys gave me the idea. Brooke Lopez, over. One and a half threes. Like you guys said, he kills the Sixers. Oh, do it. Joel Embiid's not getting out on Brooke Lopez. Two threes for him. Kelly Oubre, what does he do? He likes to chuck. 
Chuck from the perimeter. Two threes for Kelly Oubre. Chris Middleton, you mentioned him as a new role player, as a third option. They've moved his point prop down all the way to 12 and a half. Yeah. That doesn't make no damn sense because what is, what is Dame going to do? He's going to get him catch-and-shoot opportunities. This man shoots 40% uh, from three from catch-and-shoot opportunities. 15 points for Chris Middleton. And maybe I'm wrong about Dame. Maybe it's Dame time, the flamethrower. Flame, flame th- time. So Dame Lillard, 25 or more. 16 to 1. 16 to 1 on that 16 one? 16 to yeah. 1. I like it. I like it a lot. I'm gonna go with a couple of those. I'm gonna low. I'm gonna go with uh, Tyrese Maxey actually over four and a half assists. Obviously, no James Harden. He averaged five point four without him. So we'll go Maxey assists. I also kind of like him beat assists, but I was late to the party. He averaged six without Harden on the floor last year, but it's been juice like minus one forty five. So I'll stay away. But I am gonna go Giannis over ten and a half rebounds. Pay the minus one thirty five there. He hit this number in six of six games the last three years against Philadelphia. Um, I kind of like the Brook Lopez three-point prop, but I'm going to stick with those. Giannis rebounds, maxi assists, and uh, that's it in the game. I actually lean Philadelphia. I might wait and see if I could bet them live, though. You know, like the Bucks get off to a nice little start, mm-hmm. new-look team with Dame and Giannis, and then I think Philly probably makes a run in the second half because that's what we see in the NBA. I just don't know what to expect from the Sixers this year, guys, without Harden. I mean, probably a bigger role for Tobias Harris, so I was looking at his points prop, over 14 and a half. There's a lot I like, but i got to be careful because we also have Thursday Night Football, and I also have big money on Syracuse, plus three against Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech defensively pretty solid, top 30 in the country, but they are outside the top 70 in explosives allowed. And Syracuse, they've lost their last three games, but they lost those games to Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina. So they step down in class, and they get their quarterback Schrader a little bit healthier coming off the bye. They could hit some explosive plays. So I think Cuse bounces back, at least covers the three. So I like them, and then I'll save my Thursday night props for a little bit later. Yeah, I think the one thing you know when you get Bucks Sixers is like Embiid and Giannis are going to go at each other, mm-hmm. whether it's directly at each other or just making a statement with how they play throughout that game. Giannis over 11.5 boards. I mean, he averages almost 14 a game against Embiid. He's gone over this number the last Ooh, five I meetings. I mean, yeah. he just loves to crash. Giannis loves to rebound, right? Like, And he knows that with Embiid there, this is just – it's like an, it always just feels like a statement game for him. He goes every single time, crashes the board. The Brooke Lopez thing, I mean, when I saw that today, over one and a half threes, I found it at plus 145, and I could not believe that number. I bet that and even three plus made threes at plus 480, because he's actually, in the last six games that he's played against Embiid, he had three games where he had over four, he had four uh, threes in that game, another wow. one with three. Like, he's, the the, the Brooke Lopez yeah. three-pointer, it's just unbelievable what he's done. So, of course, being as confident as we all are in this, I'm sure it's going to go a complete opposite You took how many direction. rebounds for Giannis? Giannis over 11 and a half. 11 and a half. Yeah, he's had uh he's averaging 13.9 against uh Embiid in 15 games. 14 13 14 13 and 14 in the last 5 games alone. So he's he's gone well over that number the last few times. So uh, I'm in on the Maxi too. I went Maxi points over 22 and a half. We know how this is. He's just kind of that when he gets those opportunities and James Harden's not out there, he He's that microwave, right? He gets out there, takes the shots that you need, like stretches the floor. Is is kind of what we saw Emmanuel quickly do last night. So Maxi's somebody that he thrives when he gets more of an opportunity, and it may be a while because I don't know what's going on with now. The NBA is investigating the Sixers. The Sixers had James Harden stay home. He wanted to come with the team on the trip. And yeah. the NBA is like, you got a nationally televised game, and you're sitting hard now. Why is that? And their excuse is he's not ready, hasn't played five-on-five five because he's been away from the team for 10 days. We know what's going on. James Harden did this in Houston. He kind of also did it with the Nets. He stopped showing up. He quiet quits, and then eventually gets moved. And it's clear that's what he's trying to do now. 
I'm going to take the Sixers, actually. Responsibly, of course. Plus six and a half. It's minus 115 right now over at BetMGM. I like Philadelphia. They always play the Bucs tough. I think this is going to be a close game. Won't be shocked if Philly actually wins this game outright. Really? Yeah. I was going to wait and see if I could get a better number live. I'm always looking for like a seven and a half, eight. But, uh, yeah, I think this comes down to to the fourth quarter. I really like all the props that were on tonight, but uh, yeah, I like Philly a little bit. You know, I I stayed away from Dame just because I didn't kind of know, like we said, like what his mindset maybe is in this game. What it, It could be unpredictable. But at the same time, I feel like Giannis is the type of teammate that'll make sure that and really that whole team yeah. gets Dame involved early, like gets yeah. him shots, gets him opportunities so he feels comfortable as opposed to like Dame feeding Giannis because it's Giannis's team in his mind or whatever that. Again, I'm playing just – you're kind of going over scenarios in your head and what he could be thinking, but what if it's the opposite? Like what if their whole goal is to just get Dame involved early so he's comfortable? I mean, there's a chance that that could be what it is. It's not like Dame can't get hot instantly. Yeah. It's not like they have a ton of perimeter uh... – perimeter defense in Philly either. Yeah. It's going to be DeAnthony Melton out there. I mean, Kelly Oubre is not exactly a plus <laughs> defender. Is Tyrese Maxey, not either. There's really nobody to stop Dame. I don't no. know who, I don't know who you would think on Philly would stop Dame. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. No, I got nobody. Unless they step and beat out there. And then he just get beat off the dribble. So that won't work. Yeah, no. I don't know. It's, it, it's going to be weird to actually see him in that Bucks uniform. Yeah, I can't wait to see what it looks like. I, um, I can. You know, I, I mean, probably see pictures of it, right? But well, I like, like we a, watch, we watch like the preseason. It's not the same. But no, yeah. it's not the same. So I want to see a real regular season game. I'm still shocked that the Bucks actually made a move like this, and there's a reason they did it. Is Giannis signs the three year extension? Brian yeah, Windhorst wrong. wrong. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see what it looks like, and I also kind of want to see what Philly looks like. You know, I mean, Doc Rivers is gone, Embiid. Your MVP last season, but they fail again in the playoffs. James Harden not there. I think obviously like Ty Mac Tyrese Tyrese Maxey takes that next step. But uh yeah, I want to see what it looks like. I gotta tonight. be honest with you, I'm so uninterested in the Sixers now. Yeah. Like I really like I know what you mean, like you want to see what they look like with Maxey getting more time, but like I feel like I've kind of seen that and I've kind of seen this story in the NBA before, right? Like the door's closed on the Sixers. It's done. Like they're not at a point that Harden's not gonna come back. He doesn't want to play there. That relationship is ruined. If they make a trade, let's say they do trade him to the Clippers, you get it. Oh, if you if you get a bunch, you get some picks back. I mean, we've saw seen some of the reports and what the Clippers have offered, and then they're not, and now they've decided they're, they're going to pull back on the conversation. I mean, this team is going to be in disarray this entire season. And then what are they after it? Like they're not going to get better from a James Harden trade. Harden's stock is not at its highest point by any stretch. So yeah. to me, you just kind of look at the Sixers. They're a middle of the pack Eastern Conference team. Embiid's going to carry them, and you're only going to hear more and more trade rumors as the season goes on. Embiid's going to start dropping more hints. It's not like he's shy on social media. Yeah. And then you're going to start hearing about the Knicks and the package they want to offer, and then we're going to go from there. Yeah, that's the thing. I just I don't think they'll be like bad enough to blow the whole thing up this year because the East, I don't think anybody's going to run away. I mean, you got Boston, obviously, and Milwaukee, but we don't even know who the other teams are that are going to be relevant this season. So do I still think like, they can win like 47 games. Do you guys like Middleton more? 15 points or Dame Lillard five rebounds in my little parlay that I'm putting together because here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Dame Lillard averaged seven rebounds in March. He averaged seven rebounds for Portland in February, averaged seven rebounds per game in January. Just in December and November. Is Middleton going to be on a minutes restriction? He might be. I think he is. I think I saw he might be on a minutes restriction. So maybe Still? it's the Dame rebounds. I think it, if, you're, if it's out of those two, I'd lean Dame rebounds. He actually averaged, uh, no, yeah, he averaged, what was it? It was uh, rebounds. It was f- four, six, 
and seven in uh, March. So, yeah, Dame, Dame averaged eight assists, seven rebounds in March. I feel like that's five rebounds is a good amount. I like the Middleton rebounds, three and a half, to be honest you? with you. Yeah, I mean, I could see it with Dame. Um, I would, yeah, I would go probably Dame rebounds over the Middleton points. Uh-huh. Just because I don't know how many minutes he's going to play if he's on a restriction. That's my question, too. Mm-hmm. You know I don't what? That's know a how great he, point about I don't know D. how he fits in the offense right now. And also, like, with Middleton, I mean, you're going to know right away the first three minutes if he's going to go over the points or not. He's either going to start hot. I want to see how many looks he gets, too. I think mm-hmm. we're going to get a lot of, like, pick and roll Giannis and Dame, obviously, here early on. So I have no idea what to That's expect from question. the Bucks. Yeah, great question. I mean, this team's just going to look completely different. They've been rolling out, like, Javon Carter and Dante DiVincenzo and Grayson <laughs> Allen the last couple of years. Now they have a real backcourt. I mean, I love Drew Holiday, but... um. By the yeah. way, the Boston Celtics with Drew Holiday look so damn good. He is locking everyone down. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jimmy Butler was just really good offensively and Drew Holiday wasn't cooked at all. Maybe Drew Holiday is exactly the same player he was when he was one of the best perimeter defense guys uh, in the entire league. Like, it just because, adds to the Jimmy Butler legacy in the playoffs, right? Like, yeah, it does. He becomes Michael Jordan because out there. Mm-hmm. I think Julius Randle was like 0 for 4 when Drew was guarding him, which is crazy because that's yeah. a mismatch like height-wise. I think Jalen Brunson was terrible against Drew last night. Drew's that guy, and and I am so wrong if he stays healthy because, man, oh, man, does Kristaps Porzingis look like a fit in that offense. And defensively, yep. he looked really good. Yeah. The Boston Celtics have never looked better. Yeah, I mean, that's... And yet, they sh- could have lost. I know. I'm, I'm tempted. I can't do it to myself don't again, do it. though. You, you just don't do it. But that's also... Opening night Knicks is just different than... The, like, they are. They're the best version of themselves. It's, it's, you get the best. It's their first impression of the season. Yep. It's all downhill from here for the Knicks. We see they it every year. The Celtics, like, three years in a row on opening yeah. night. They went to overtime last year. Yes, I was so did. excited. I was like, the Knicks are back. Here we go. We and were then, on that press conference you know, table two years ago. They played on opening night, and I think that thing flew over as well. Yeah. I mean, it's just... That's when the Bing Bong started. Yeah, Bing oh, Bong. Oh, that was yeah. Bing Bong. That's right. It was great. It was opening night of the NBA. They acted Bing like they bong. won the finals. I, I, this is a great fan base, though. Hey, I, there's not a lot of excitement in, in the Garden unless it's somebody else that's there. Like, so, I mean, gotta so do what you can do. Tough loss last night. They were competitive. I think that they're going to win probably 48 to 50 games this season, and they didn't have a players-only meeting after night one, so that's a good thing. That's a plus for the <laughs> Knicks and every other you, team in the, in the league. I don't know. Okay, so here's my question uh, in, like, 30 seconds, and we can talk about it later on in the show, too, is that if the entire organization has no interest in winning truthfully and the players actually do and they're very frustrated who is the first to break do you make trades do you have these players meetings just continue i mean like i like billy donovan enough but if the players are kicking out him kicking him out of his own locker room i think that kind of tells you everything that you need to know right yeah. like maybe he's not the guy to coach that also like i just hate everything I'm about the I don't want him on the TV when we're in here on these days. I'm not going to watch him on the weekends. That's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Boy, God. I hate him. Jason Lawson, four next. He's been on Jimmy. It's time for our hosting trifecta to take a break. We'll be right back with more on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. TNT's got the highlights of the Bucks Championship Parade, sitting down with Dame and Giannis, talking about their future. Bucks 
hoodie on. Giannis doesn't feel like he even needs to wear a Bucks hoodie because why he's Mr. Milwaukee. He, he, he is Dame the Bucks. Just, Dame's just projecting now. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee Giannis's. He needs to wear Milwaukee Bucks gear everywhere he goes. But you know what? I saw you, Dame. I saw you come to practice with a red do-rag on and a black hoodie. I don't know the color of the Portland Trailblazers post going to the Milwaukee Bucks. So well, he wants the, he wants the Portland fans to remember that it had nothing to do with them. It just has to do with maybe some people in the organization. Just business. It's just, it's just business. You know, just he still business. loves the people, just not the organization. <laughs> We've all been there. All right, we're going to bring on our Odyssey NFL insider, Jason LaConfora, also host of BetMGM Game Day on BetQL, 105.7 The Fan in Baltimore as well, and the host of the Odyssey original podcast, In the Huddle with Brian Baldinger, Carl Dukes, covering the entire NFL. So let's just start with tonight, obviously, Thursday Night Football. Bucks are at the Bills. Bills now nine-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Is that number maybe a little too inflated? We watched the yeah. Bills kind of become – they are a they are a roller coaster every single week, it feels like, man. Yeah, that's that's way too rich for my blood. In a short week for a team that's been scuffling and, and has some some critical injuries and a, and a Tampa Bay team um, that what has only allowed nine offensive touchdowns all year and, and still doing some pretty interesting stuff defensively. Yeah, that, that's not really how I would come at this game, especially not this late in the game with that much movement on the line. Um, I played it at under 44 early in the week. That's long gone. It's at 42 and a half. However, when I played it at 44, a lot of the first half numbers were still pretty low. Um, if you look at these two teams, they can't score a lick in the first half in their last couple of last few games. You can still get the first half under a 21 and a half, which is actually up a little bit from the 21 that I played um, yesterday. So that's how I would go about it. Now you've got a Bills team that scored. 10 points in its last three first halves. Minus 315 time of possession. Josh Allen, 64.7 passer rating, one touchdown, two interceptions, 57.7% completions in those three first halves. Baker Mayfield, uh, they've scored just 13 points in their two first, last two first halves. Uh, his passer rating is only 72. He's barely completing 57% of his passes. They're running as a team in the first half the last two games for 2.4 yards a carry. You know, do we think that shakes loose early in this one? I, I don't, right? Short week, not a lot of prep time. You know, Baker banged up on the injury report. You know, it sounds like the Bills want to run the ball more and run it more with Josh Allen, which I, I am leaning into those props. So I, I kind of thought this was a low-scoring game to begin with, and I think the first half, if these teams hold true to what they've been lately, first half could be a real rock fight. What do you think about uh, this balancing act? So the Bills' rush defense has been absolutely abysmal, especially over the last yeah. few weeks. It's continued to decline. But that's the thing that the Buccaneers don't do particularly well. Rashad White hasn't yep. been very good. I think his rushing yard prop is 45 and a half. They're, they're getting back Chase Edmonds, but he wasn't super effective last week either. So how does that balance out? You've got a Bills' rush defense that's abysmal versus a not very good rush offense with Tampa. Well, I just hope everybody keeps running the ball because I'm on the under, so let them run yeah. <laughs> uh, and stub their toe in the red zone, which is what both these teams have been doing. I mean, I, I mean, Tampa Bay couldn't run the ball at all last year, you know, when Tom Brady was still that quarterback, and he wasn't the same as a couple years prior to that, but he's still a hell of a lot better than Baker Mayfield is now. So that that seems to be pretty, like, that seems to run pretty deep, you know, and you can always put more manpower to address stopping the run. 
But, like, unless you want to run nothing but one-man routes, you know what I mean, and run heavy personnel and pretend, like, first and ten from the 50 is first and goal from the one, like, unless you're willing to commit that much manpower, uh, you probably can't run it. And and they know they can't run it because you look at their passing rates and, and they're off the charts. And I think the, that'll probably be the case tonight. A lot of high-percentage passes, a lot of Baker make. Uh, Mayfield dump-offs, I, I think they know we got to complete 35 or more passes if we're going to win this football game. And I think Rashad White's a guy to look at, 65 receiving yards uh, in that last game. He's He's been consistently at three catches or over. Can he get four tonight? I think that's perfectly reasonable. I like him over three and a half. But I don't think, like, I think Todd Bowles and those guys kind of know, like, we don't run the ball, we can't run the ball, we, we're, we'll throw a bunch of screen passes, we'll hit the occasional deep shot. Um but, yeah, and if they do run the ball, you know, I, I think the Bills are, are okay with that. Um, I, I think the Bills showed you in that Giants game, like, the way they are right now, it, it, you know, if, if, if we have to, to win a low-scoring game, then so be it. Jason, Lamar Jackson, eight touchdowns, three picks, 363 yards on the ground, five rushing touchdowns. The Ravens are 5-2. and two. Lamar down to 7-1 to one to win MVP. The Ravens twelve to one to win the Super Bowl, plus six fifty to win the AFC. Yeah. Any value in any of these bets? I'm really high on the Ravens, and I've loved, especially the last yeah. two weeks, man. Since the offensive lines got healthy, Lamar's looked much better. Yeah, I just the the, the touchdown numbers are so low, yeah. and this is a bad receiving core. I mean, he should have at least four more touchdowns than he does. They drop a lot of balls, but I mean, it's Nelson Aguilar, right? Yeah. I mean, the dude who <laughs> caught the baby in Philly. He told you everything you know about that cat. Odell <laughs> looks like he's done. Rashad Bateman. I think Lamar's career passer rating, throwing to Rashad Bateman, is 70 with more interceptions than touchdowns. So I don't think there's any trust there. You know what I mean? Or Isaiah Likely, is he going to become a thing? You know, maybe they do something at the deadline. If they had a second move tight end, I, I think it could really unlock things even more than them. They've never really replaced Hayden Hurst. And maybe they do something by the deadline. Lamar is playing impeccable football. It passes the eye test with stunning degree. Is it going to pass the box score test, you know? And the Chiefs are getting going now. Yeah. And even with that slow start, like, you look at some of the teams in that division, they get to play again. I think all of a sudden those Patrick Mahomes numbers are going to start looking pretty ridiculous again. But, look, to me, if you're talking about quarterbacks performing at the highest level on the planet right now, in this moment, Lamar Jackson's in the top three. But I just he's not running as much, you know? I just don't know that the numbers are going to get him home. You know, it's funny the way you describe that receiver core. I kind of feel like it's the same thing that's been said year after year to a point. I mean, we came in, obviously, with much higher expectations, at least maybe outside. I don't know how maybe everybody or how you felt necessarily in Baltimore. I know we talked to you about it plenty, you know, over the summer. But does it kind of feel like, I know it's a different system, different offensive coordinator. You brought in some new names, some new faces at receiver. But does it kind of feel like it's a similar situation like you've had in the past there in terms of the guys that you're able to throw the football to if you're Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I mean, it certainly has. Again, this Lions game, everything came together. I mean, that was as complete a ball game as they've played in a long time, especially considering, you know, it was a quality opponent. Uh, But, if you know, you watch game to game, and, like, Odell's in and out. He's in the tent. Somebody's looking at him. It was the same way this summer in training camp. He'd make a great play on the sideline, and then you look around and be like, damn, he's gone. Um, So I, I just don't know how much you can count on that. Like, Zay Flowers is a really good football player. He's not a one, you know? And, I mean, it's everything's underneath. The yak isn't there as much because people kind of know, you know, the routes that he is running. And it's not like there's been a bunch of double moves. 
or anything like that. I mean, I, I think he's at eight yards per target. Um, and there's nobody for him to play off of other than Mark Andrews. And, and we, you know, we've kind of kind of seen that drill before. Like, I, you know, Aguilar has been their most consistent receiver other than Flowers, but we know about the drops and that's, you know, he's not a, an explosive guy. Like, they, they still, like, again, if they had a, a second move tight end, then I, I think it would change a lot of things here, and you wouldn't get caught up in who the number three and number four and number two receiver were because they'd be in twelve personnel all the time. They would like they're kind of married to this idea that we're an eleven personnel team now, and that was one of the things that they wanted to emphasize over you know with Munkin. And I get it, but who's like again? I'm telling you, the receivers like besides Zay Flowers, which one of those guys starts for most teams right now? Like let alone a team like Cincinnati or a team like Miami. Like it's there's not a whole lot of there there. Yeah. I'm curious in the division who you're more worried about. You obviously have Cleveland, who has a better record, but defensively awesome. Quarterback situation, extremely sketchy. Who knows when Deshaun Watson comes back. And then you have the Bengals, who seem like they're getting healthier kind of by the second, but defensively not nearly as good. I think Cleveland's the team that's in trouble. I mean, they've won these last two games. You know, on a missed 40-yard field goal because the, the regular kicker's hurt. And then, you know, there was some calls that were just pretty egregious, even by modern NFL standards. And the bottom line is they gave 38 points to Gardner Minshew. So, like, I think it's the Browns. And I think they're going to go to Seattle. And they're going to lose pretty thoroughly. Um, wow. Look at the Browns' quarterback play. It's, it's atrocious. Their collective quarterback play in most categories is worse than Zach Wilson. Like, they're 31st or 32nd in everything. And even if that bum Watson comes back, he's no good. He's, not, he's a terrible <laughs> yeah. human being, and, and uh, he's a pretty awful quarterback. So, like, I just don't think they can survive that. I don't think they have the institutional fortitude. You know, the owner's a fraud. Like, uh, he foisted this upon people who, it sounds like, don't really want Watson. Like, the defense is eventually going to turn on them. we got the highest-paid guy in the history of the league, and every week there's another reason why he's not playing and not earning his paycheck. Like, I just don't see how, like, a good franchise might be able to withstand some of that. These guys in that division, in that conference, I don't buy it. And, and the, you know, the defense will slip. They'll be human nature. They'll be looking at the highest-paid guy in the room and wondering, is he going to show up at practice today? Is he going to play? Does his shoulder all of a sudden hurt more? I, I, I'm not buying any of that. Um, and they've already lost Chubb. You know, the run game's not as explosive. I know they had a couple of big runs in that, in that Colts game. The offensive line's not as good as it was two years ago. Uh, I think they finish in the cellar of that division, and um, I'm not buying them. Jason, when you look at the NFC, how concerned are you about the San Francisco 49ers? I mean, Brock Purdy, um, you know, maybe he doesn't clear the concussion protocol. You get Sam Darnold, but I'm more worried about the Trent Williams injury. Debo's been banged up, and, you know, obviously, like, on paper, that's almost a perfect football team. They got some holes on the defensive side of the ball, but how concerned should people be about San Francisco right now with these injuries piling up? I'd be pretty concerned. Um, you know, Trent Williams is a guy who, like, yeah. when he starts getting dinged up, it usually multiplies quickly, man. That's a huge body. He's been through the wars. He's had neck issues, spine issues. Um, anything lower body with him, with, with again, with that size, like, I think you have to be concerned. If you, I mean, I'm sure if you ran the numbers for their EPA or DVOA with him and without him, It's massive. And if you run the numbers on yards per play with CMC and Debo versus without them, it's night and day. Uh, So, no, I think it's huge. I I think it's huge. And Bosa's not getting home. He don't look right. Like, they're a good team, no doubt about it. 
but that that's a lot for them to withstand. And I know a lot of people are looking at that game saying, well, they were, they, they're too good to lose three in a row. I mean, are they? I mean, who's who's you know who's playing and what are they doing? And you got Cincinnati coming off a bye, and something I look spent look at you know fairly closely. Check out teams the week before a bye, especially if they're playing somebody who's not a huge rival. If it's you know a one-off type game, a lot of times those guys already have one you know one eye towards getting on that plane after that game and going to Tahiti or whatever the hell they're going <laughs> for the bye. So I think that's a tricky little spot for San Francisco. And then the the, the Purdy thing on top of it. Um, I think Brock Purdy, with everything around him, is super highly functional and a very winning quarterback. But as you start to chip away with those things, uh, you know, at those things a little bit, um, I think it can crumble pretty quickly. And and it's a you know, are they a very good team? Sure, I'll concede that. Do I think they're a great team without all those parts? I don't. Talking to Jason Lock and Four Bet MGM tonight. Still got a couple minutes here. Uh, I. My commanders, I should be used to this by now, Jason, but they're just a headache every single week. I should be used to it over the last two decades, but for some reason I'm just not. And I watch that offensive line, and I want to throw up every single week. And now they've got the Eagles coming to town. Eagles are a touchdown favorite heading to Landover. And Ryan over here is convinced that this is a spot for Washington to keep it close because of what happened last time. I'm on the other side, maybe because I've just been tortured every single year. What do you think of the Eagles minus seven in this? Uh, I was all over it at six and a half, yeah. a bunch of different ways. I, I mean, I, I've watched this series closely, and I know that Washington's been a tough matchup for them in the past. But I, I think these are two teams headed in different directions. And even if you go back and rewatch some of the last game, I mean, four field goals, that's not going to happen again. Four for 12 on third down, I don't see that happening again. And the Eagles still had 415 yards in that game. You know, I mean, they they they, they – they still scored 34 points, and all and a lot of things went against them. I mean, AJ went off for nine catches, 175, and two right. touchdowns. Hurts threw for 320. You know what I mean? And ran another nine times. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like uh, the way that Washington defense is right now, and the offensive line. I, I mean, and I know it probably looks pretty public, but you look at Washington sack differential. Like I look at every key metric, and I just think. You know what I think? I think this series has been too close for too long, and it's time for an ass-whipping, and I, I don't think the Eagles fear playing <laughs> at Washington. And if you look at Washington at home, I mean, it's dull crap, you know? I mean, they barely beat Arizona, and then 37-3 Buffalo, 40-20 Chicago. I think we're looking at one of those. You got guys in Washington basically whispering or saying out loud, get me the hell out of here by the trade deadline. Like, I, I, I think this is a... I think there's a puffy pants game, uh, as my buddy uh, Bob Henney would say on the radio here in Baltimore. I think the Eagles curb stomp them. Plus, we also know that eventually it's going to be half Eagles fans there anyway, no matter what. Jason Lockenfora, always good to talk to you, Thanks, man. Jason. Really appreciate you jumping on with us. You got it, guys. Thank you. All right, that was Odyssey NFL Insider Jason Lockenfora. Make sure you follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcast. I like that, a, a puffy pants game. That's good. I don't know what it means, but I love it. I don't know what it means, but Remember the I parachute love it. pants? Yeah. Too legit. Too, too legit, legit to quit. Hey, hey. Yeah. That's what Syracuse says tonight, baby. There you go. It's been MGM tonight. Pick. Sorry, one of
now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Nobody's happy my- with the Bucks offense, clearly. It's 3-3 three, three Bucks and Sixers. <laughs> now it's 5-3. I didn't there you know go. my mic was on, and I didn't know that bitch go. was going to be like, welcome back to BetMGM Tonight. <laughs> Oh, leave her alone. That's uh, Veronica. She's been doing a bang-up job what is, here what is this whole offense for the Milwaukee Bucks? You guys heard me early. Uh, Dame is now standing in the corner. Are we going to turn Damian Lillard into Chris Bosh? I would hate to see it. No, no. He'll be fine. I um, would hate to see it. There you go, Embiid. All right. Oh, another. Oh, no, don't be stealing those rebounds. Don't steal boards from Joel Big Embiid. Big third and eight, John, unfortunately, here for Vop already. Tech. Cuse has to yeah. get off the field, and we force... A fourth down. We got a lot going on tonight. We got Thursday night football. We haven't even given our picks for yet. We got uh, we got thirty minutes until kickoff. We'll get to last minute picks and props and look at some of those numbers. Of course, we've given out a few things already. Yeah. Uh, get to that in about fifteen minutes or so here. Yeah. I early early reaction to watching Buck Sixers mm-hmm. feels low scoring. Feels like a lot of four shots. Dame is. Dame's putting up. Everybody a... was giving me a hard time. Not just you guys. Uh, don't make me have to cut a promo. You know what I'm saying? No, do. I had multiple people that were like, jabronis come in here and you're They were like, oh, Damian Lillard, are you crazy? Are you insane? Damian Lillard under 27 points? This is going to be like Kobe and Shaq. And I'm like, yeah, I don't buy it. We'll see. We'll Well, see. We'll see. And they're like, don't be saying we'll see. Give me some basketball information. And I said, my basketball information is is a new system. It's a rookie head coach. And it's opening night. What you want to say? Come on now. (laughs) Yeah, there's, it's an 82 game schedule. There's a, a chance game that Dame, there's a chance that Dame may not have his best game in his debut. Listen, I mean, look at Victor Webanyama last night Come in on. foul trouble like the whole game. Still finished with 15 points. Yeah. You saw the flashes of how great he can be. The shooting, the rim protection. Uh, and then you also saw him make overly aggressive moves Midi. that were that created fouls that put him on the bench. And you go, oh, this is something he's going to have to work on. Like one game doesn't dictate everybody's entire trajectory of their career with a new team or. Or they like it's just you pump the brakes. I think it's absolutely right to question that he may not have his best shooting night in his first game with Come the on. Bucks. They're literally having to feed him on these turnaround jumpers. He's it's just a new system, folks. There's a new rhythm. There's new players. There's a new uh, head coach. New city. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Wembenyama, by the way, too. I should have probably thrown this out there. Three of five from three last night, though. It is. Yeah. It is almost. Like, oh there's God. nothing else like it watching somebody that's his size shoot a three. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Like, we've seen him play. It's not like this is the first time we've watched him on a basketball court. But there's just something about it in a real NBA game. Not preseason. Not, like, the real deal, nationally televised game. He's He can be something so incredibly special. It is uh, it's To me, it's just amazing that somebody that's his height can even move the way that he does. Yeah, he can do the splits. I saw it on his Instagram. Can he? Yeah, he can do the full splits. I'll show you guys at the break. It's insane. Well, I'll send it to Dylan. He can show us on the on the cast. It's crazy. He can also do those things where you you know you uh, crouch down and you touch your t- you put your hands underneath your feet and then you stand up and extend. Wait, wait, say that again. So you basically do. Let's do. It. I'll do it here. Uh-uh. So you go like this. For the radio audience, sorry, uh, you're gonna get so nothing here. You know here. what I'm saying? <laughs> you can just play by play. Yeah, well, you're grabbing your ankles and you're squatting down. He does that. Like he can do that. And, and then, then he can. goes like that up. Wow. At seven feet tall. Yeah. I mean, seven he looks he looks like a creative player. I uh, does. I love him. I want him to win Rookie of the Year, but I'm a little angry with him. Why I that? took the chalky 99% of the bets around the uh, Wemby over two and a half blocks, and he finished with one. Foul trouble. Look great. 
but he cost me money. Yep. So no rookie of the year of mine, is he? No, is he? He'll, no, he'll, he'll be great. Um, did get was, the turnovers, though. The turnovers happened. I'm, he did. I'm, he did. He went over the turnovers. Yeah. Turnovers may he be did. a thing consistently for him. He's gonna. There, there's going to be times where he's going to press. He's going to force things a little bit, and that's that's what any rookie does. But somebody that has the, the hype and the expectations yeah. around this kid, yeah, he's going to go out there sometimes and make some mistakes. I will see. One of the, say one of the big things that did stand out to me, and it only happened you know limited amount of times because he did spend a lot of time on the bench with those fouls, when Grant Williams came out, and guarded Wembenyama on the elbow. I mean, he just pushed him off his spot. Yeah. Like, Grant Williams is a meaty, low center of Shoot gravity, it. strong defender. And there you go. All right, we got Folks. Brooke Lopez. One home. Let's go. One There's is home. One down. So we just need two, one more. But, like, that's the thing is when players get physical with somebody like Wembenyama, that's, that's going to be where he really has a tough time. Yeah, I mean, especially like this first season, he's gonna have to put some muscle on. He's gonna have to figure out the league. Work with Giannis' trainer, right? Look at all the beef I mean, he put on. His shoulders are bigger than his head was when he came into the league. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be like you know, like a little bit of an adjustment. But he's so damn good, and I haven't been this excited for a rookie since LeBron James in the NBA. So it's gonna you be see appointment what Paul viewing. Paul George said. Paul George was no. like, "I take everything back that I said about Victor Wembanyama." Uh, I said he would be good, and I thought he would be good, but this guy is going to be transcendent. I saw him Euro step from the free throw line, and I said to myself, who's ever done that in my life? I've never seen it. I take it all back. He's got, Paul George. He looks like Jordan Duncan in George. Space Jam. Yeah. He's Jordan Duncan in Space Jam, just stretched out. That I just mean, goes to show you, too, these college players don't watch a lot of NBA, mm-hmm. and NBA players aren't watching a lot of college and Euro stuff. They're just not tapped in outside yeah. of their own little niche in their world. It's just the way that it goes. And there's something, too, about just watching highlights of a guy versus an actual game. Right. It's not the same. You know you're getting the best stuff put out there and whatever the mixtape is that's on YouTube. you got to watch an actual game and see it in real time in the moment and go, oh, now I get it. What you think of uh, Scoot's debut for your Blazers? It's going to take a minute, guys. It really is. I think uh, I'm very excited. My confidence has not waned at all. However, he's much better playing against second units right now, and the game has not slowed down to him. I think Shaden Sharp probably should start over Matisse Thybul, but Scoot is going to be a bumpy ride. There's, I think there's very low likelihood that he would be even a top five vote for Rookie of the Year. Based top on, five? But I saw maybe top three. We'll say not Damn. top three. Yeah, I think it's going to be Wemby. I can't believe we were getting mm-hmm. plus money prices, even even money prices. Even yeah. the price right now, not bad. Really quick, speaking of prices, 10 it moved to 10? Tampa just went to plus 10 oh. in a game where the total is 43. I still I think that's the correct move. Now I don't want to bet Buffalo at 10. Obviously not. Yeah. I, I still don't want Tampa even at 10. That would obviously be like the buy point, but I just don't want to do it with the Bucs, especially without Via Vea. Via Vea. Via Vea. Jesus. Go. Going in this yeah, game. You know? Good job, buddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's probably a stay away, but I'm a little surprised that hit 10. I, I mean, look, the thing is I just don't know what to make of either one of these teams at this point. I don't know if I could sit there and I could lay 10 with the Bills with what we've seen and the injuries that they have, but, like... Well, yeah. I mean, I kind of want to bet the Bills, man. I'm looking at the last three weeks, and we talked about this and and more with JLC. They're 26 in EPA per play. Are they going to be able to score enough points? The reason I kind of like them on offense, so without Dalton Schultz... um. You know, I, I just I look at this like wait. Hold on. I'm losing my mind right now. So Dalton Dalton Kincaid. Dawson Knox. Dawson, Dawson Knox is out. 
is uh, yeah. you know he's on IR, but, but also Dalton Kincaid is going to no no he's going to play in the game, but also the uh, other two tight ends behind Knox yes. are both out to, both too. Out. Quentin Morris. Yeah, so I'm thinking we're yeah. probably going to get a bunch of like three wide receiver sets. And I'm looking at this right now. Buffalo's throwing from 11 at the third lowest rate. So with no knocks, I do really like the Gabe Davis prop over two and a half receptions, even with the juice. And I'm going to play the uh, Dalton Kincaid over three and a half receptions. I love that. I just think Josh Allen, he's going to get blitzed in this What's game. What's the price on that now? Do you know what it is? It so, was like, I want to say there was some books it was up to like minus 160. Yeah, that's there was see, a lot of juice. That's why I just confused myself right there. It was yeah. minus 175. Um, let me pull it up really quick. So what here, I ended up doing jumping. was I was like, I want to take it, but I just hate that price. So I just parlayed it with the Bills money line. It's, uh, okay. And it gave me even money. So. Okay, so Gabe Davis over two and a half receptions is minus 160. Yeah. Dalton Kincaid now at MGM, but MGM moves up to four and a half, and it's plus money, plus 110, minus 145 to the under. So there are still three and a halfs. I'm going to bet Kincaid over three and a half. I'm going to bet Gabe Davis over two and a half. I know Josh Allen got blitzed a bunch against New England and didn't look very good. But when he gets blitzed, he has the fourth highest uh, yep. rate in the league. And, you know, and, that's, and that's what Todd Bowles does. You know, he blitzed at a 38% rate. I also kind of like lowest, Diggs. Ninth lowest pressure rate, though, for Tampa. Like yeah, that's Diggs what I'm saying. Well. Like, they're not getting home. Yeah. And now you don't have Vita out there. I just worry maybe Buffalo will be able to run the ball a little bit tonight without him, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but even with... Davis going off, hopefully for like three receptions, and Kincaid getting his four. I still think this could be a big game for Diggs because the other thing is is that Tampa plays a bunch of man coverage, and if Josh Allen's getting rid of the ball quickly, this could be a big night for Diggs, and that's why, of course, his receptions go from 6.5 to minus 155. All this is just moving around a bunch, and everything that I like is juiced. Crazy. So. I have a, we'll call it the, what do I call it, the conservatively effective parlay Five legs, but all the legs, I think, are very, very doable. They're alternate numbers. Rashad White, over 29.5 rushing yards. I think the actual number is 45. We talked about this with Jason Locke and Fora. I think they're going to have to run the ball at least a little bit, like especially if the Bills' run defense hasn't been good. They're 30th right now in rush defense. For the last four weeks, they've continued to get worse and worse. So I like Rashad White. Stephon Diggs, just like you said, Ryan, I like him to have at least a decent game, 69.5 receiving yards. Listen, I think you know Tampa's secondary is very gettable, and Diggs is going to be the go-to guy as per usual. Mike Evans to go over the minus 110 number of 54.5 receiving yards. Wide receiver ones against Buffalo have been going crazy. I think six of eight have gone over that number since they've played Buffalo. So I like that. Gabe Davis, just to get 35 receiving yards, that's where this is ending up getting the odds up. Gabe Davis is had two bad games in a row, yeah. so I think they're changing the odds in order for him to have really just a marginal game. 35 yards for him is one catch. And then Dalton Kincaid, you mentioned how uh, much he's being used in the last couple of weeks. Eight reception last week. What was it? 70 yards. So him to get 40 receiving yards, all that together is plus 750. Yeah, I like the Kincaid angle, too. And he caught every single target, too. Yep. He caught all eight Very targets, sure too. So I'm sure that he's probably going to get them again, and the usage will be there. And the Bucks are last in EPA per dropback the last two weeks. Even Desmond Ritter cooked up. 57% of the passes that they've seen have been successful. So I'm going to go with the Diggs prop as well, because he has a, a 38% target share when Josh Allen's blitz. And Josh Allen, usually top five quarterback against the blitz. Um, Belichick was kind of in his bag last week. Yeah, yeah, and that's and you know what? It's funny. We talked about it before that game, right? It was like I'm a, I, I finally just gave up on the Patriots and said I'm no longer going to play the game of it. it's Bill Belichick and he can find a way. And then of course he does. Yeah, it's like it just still shows you there's always that chance. Yeah. with Bill Belichick, even with the horrible team that he's got in New England right now. But it's I mean 
this feels like a look, this is a much better situation for somebody like Josh Allen. And if you're gonna if you're gonna blitz him and you're not gonna get home, he's gonna have an opportunity. I think Josh Allen could be in for a big night tonight. I think so too. Yeah, and then let's just I just hope this guy's I just don't no blowouts, please. No blowouts. Alright, we look ahead to final prop numbers. We're about twenty minutes from kickoff. It's Bet MGM tonight. Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. was Ken and we can have like an actual like on-court discussion also that's the really fun part about this uh Milwaukee is the favorite to win the championship almost like Milwaukee should be a bigger favorite and I get that Holiday's an incredible defensive player and Milwaukee loses something defensively also like they blew late leads against Miami in the first round series like that's literally never happening with Lillard on the court also so maybe regular season they won't be as good and like I don't know if you agree or disagree with that but playoffs man it I think it's going to be really tough to go against this team, at least against other teams in the Eastern Conference, Ken, before they get to an NBA championship, if they get there. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, like, Philly's got Embiid, and we'll see what happens with them and Harden and, like, that whole mess, right? It just seems like it's, it's like, not destined to go great in the postseason again for Joel Embiid, but he's certainly that kind of a player. Uh, the other player in the East who would fit that description, aside from the two players in Milwaukee, would, would be Jimmy Butler, actually, who we kind of thought was going to get teamed up with, with Damian Lillard. It's worth noting that the first team that's now rumored to be in the mix for Drew Holiday, kind of like the leftover from this trade that Portland's trying to get rid of, is Miami. So uh, Miami he, may he just culture. actually like go after a Right. Well, Miami may just like, go, oh, cool, like perfect. we didn't get Lillard and have to trade. Now we'll just go get Drew Holiday, who's awesome, by the yeah. way. So like the, the, the Milwaukee thing, like Dame Lillard's a huge name. And I think like, okay, like pull 100 people who know the NBA better than I do 